This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Okay. Talk to Bounce today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so, hey, so I called him, right? Because I know he's coming into town in a couple of yeah. weeks. But he said he wanted to go because when he comes in, what we've been doing, we've been fishing with Bill O'Pree mm-hmm. up there to do the whole <laughs> clown knife, like, peacock thing, right? So I fished with Bill um, this past week for Skip Dana's birthday. Where we went, he's like, Skip's like, I've never caught a clown knife. Let's go fish with Bill. So, great. So, so I hooked it up. And then Joey came with us and um, and Curtis. Right? I don't know if you know Curtis from Making Time and yeah. Surreal and all that, right? So we went on, and he's got the, the Lunker limo, which is 24-foot <laughs> um, Carolina skiff, which I love because the thing's just a bucket. <laughs> Right? It's just like straight up, let's get down to business for like we're fishing, right? No big deal. Like no fancy thrills or anything like that. It's just a wide platform of land to take on the water. And where the hell was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bouncer. So so he's like, Oh yeah, well when bouncer comes in town, let's go again and everything like that. So I called Bouncer today. So I said, Bouncer George is coming on the show today. Everything like that. And he's like, oh, I'll call in. Right? <laughs> so he wants to talk to us tonight. And But anyway, he goes, oh, did I ever tell you about the story from when we were up in Chicago in the cold? And no. I go, yes, you forgot you all about that. <laughs> yes, you did. Bounce so you going to start singing Santa again? <laughs> oh, no. He goes, oh, the silent, the Christmas song. And the, oh. silent, the silent night for the Santa. I go, yeah, we did a whole episode yeah. on that bouncer. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, I'll call in again anyway. Oh Maybe I'll think of a new story. Well, speaking of the songs, is I, I have I stunned people with this one. And people really know Bouncer well. And we right. get to a discussion about Bouncer. And I said, did you know before Bouncer got involved in the actual fishing industry that he was in a rock band <laughs> and actually had a number one hit song in, a, I guess it was the late 60s, if not the early 70s. Is this a true story? And... And they said, really? And I tell him, I said, what song was that? I said, remember that song? Going up the country by Canned Heat. That's Bouncer singing. And they go, 
Really? Because if you listen to that song, this is it's definitely sound, a bar story. I can see sounds, where this starts you know song, at the bar. You know the song oh, I'm we are at a bar. About? We are that's him, though, man. That's him. You tell me the guy doesn't sound like bouncer. <laughs> yeah, Going that's, up the country. You know that song I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> can't eat Magic is classic. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. heat. Can't heat. Going you, up. You going know, up country. You, you don't know the song I'm talking about? It's all oh, nice. you. you it's I know nice. you've heard it. Can't heat. Going up the country. You listen to that. They did a commercial t- with that. Recently, oh yeah. yeah big time, Tell yeah. me that is, that's not Bouncer. AB Raymond, who was two <laughs> under Bouncer. I got AB. Really? Yeah. I, I don't. And, and he goes, yeah, that was Pouncer singing that song. I said, yeah. Oh, I never knew that. But and then I tell him it's a joke. So my God, I just like him. <laughs> so now, when you listen to that song and the radio comes back on, you're gonna you're, you're immediately thinking this discussion. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's outstanding. <laughs> well, I just want to see what's which what we're working with here. Oh, you'll, I you'll, know you've heard. You'll the get song. it, man. Now, yeah, now listen, this is Bouncer coming in here. Any track that's got a flute in it, you know it's good. <laughs> oh. Did Santa start shaking back and forth? Is this where the Santa started shaking his hips at Christmas This was his time? first hit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, give me credit we'll for that, that one. We'll That's, that awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Would you give me credit for that one? Of course. Okay. Course. You always get credit. <laughs> we love you, Bouncer. <laughs> for shame, for shame. Oh, my God. Is it hot in here? Yes. It is. Hold on. Can you, can you turn the <laughs> <laughs> Pardon Carly, me. Would you be a darling and turn the AC down, please? She's like shaking, rolling her eyes at me. <clears throat> It's it's over there, <laughs> next to all the IT crap. <laughs> the um, anyway, so welcome to the Connected by Water podcast, <laughs> fueled by our very good friends at Papa's PLR Room. We remind you never to be a spectator. I'm here with George Pavromo, regular guest. Right, not that you're a regular guy, but you're a regular guest, and Rob the Swede. Rob, what's your last name? You were just introduced me as Rob the Swede. I don't even know after all these years. Yeah, it's, it's always it's a, Swede. a Rob the Swede grain. Grain? G R E E N E. Okay. Old he gets English. paid enough where he can afford to eat the end of the last name. <laughs> right. <laughs> a, a, a fellow Coral Springer. Yes, sir. Hey, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Fellow Coral Springer and, you know, whatever. She, she, Parkland <laughs> over here next to us. <laughs> of course. So uh, I'm your host, Dennis Real, and we are coming to you. From the Connected by Water Studio Gallery in scenic and sunny Papua Beach, Florida, we are a Waypoint podcast, a hosted podcast, and you can find us there or also watch, listen, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to hit that like button, and please, we would love to hear from you in the comments or by email at salesconnectedbywater.com. And thank you for the special support from our pals over at Fenor Sunglasses and Olakai. We want to announce our Starbright Solutions do-gooder this week, and this one actually is very near and dear to my heart, and it happens to be the guest from our previous episode, Carolyn Stash, who is the owner and entrepreneur of Atlas Tracks, and she also is a breast cancer survivor, and in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and the tournament that she just threw a couple of weekends ago, 
um, her Pink Ladies Breast Cancer Awareness or Breast Cancer Foundation Awareness Tournament, uh, where they raised a ton of money. They had a ton of sponsors and a lot of people pitching in the community. And we just want to thank Carolyn for all the good work she does in the community because it goes so much more beyond than that of everything that she does she's always there to lend a helping hand to everybody who needs it she's offered it to us many times hey if you ever need any help with anything hey if you ever need i love that stuff i love getting involved i mean that's exactly who carolyn is and we just want to thank her for being an outstanding member of the community i know the do-gooder is supposed to be set aside for a more environmentally friendly kind of way but that kind of goes without saying with her because she's just naturally tuned that way she is a do-gooder in all respects, but Starbright also sponsors her Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation tournament. I know she doesn't need the bucket of fun, but we're going to give it to her anyway, right? With all the salt off and the reggae sponge and the boat wash and the citrus cleaner and the fuel treatment and all the good environmentally friendly products that Starbright has to offer. So, Carolyn Stash, you are our hero, and you are this week's Starbright do-gooder. Congratulations. And just so you know, yes, that I have her Atlas Track system in mm-hmm. my boat. You do. That's 100%. fantastic. So. Nice. Awesome. On brand. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how are you guys doing? It's been a while. Been a little while. It has been. Since you've been on the show. And you are our most prolific guest on the show right and you know i have to say i want to say that i i need to thank you because george you've been coming on the show since the very beginning and you have supported us early on and we are what is this episode 167 which is very hard to believe 167 episodes and i told you earlier when we were talking that you know i did that whole presentation i was trying to go back and count all the episodes and i gave up and i said whatever regular guest right and I just wanted to just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for supporting us, for being the one that originally hooked up the entire Pilar thing in the first place for us. And, you know, that's that doesn't escape me. And I just want to thank you that thank you for that publicly here. on the Well, show. hey, and, if you, you didn't know, have a quality you. product, like I've said before on the podcast, I wouldn't be here. But it's an enjoyable time and want to get the opportunity to come here and, and sit out and, and talk with friends. It's great. And. And, of course, we have Rob the Swede Green yep. making his first appearance in the show, and yep. who is my television show producer, Yay. the person I've known for quite some time. Awesome. Good stuff. Thank you for coming. Thank you, my man. Appreciate right? being here. And, um, you know, you, we've been hanging out for like an hour already, and this has been the greatest podcast already for me. <laughs> Please um, do tell. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. Do Please tell. don't. Please I'm don't tell you shit. No, sorry. Um, but no, seriously, thanks for coming. So you guys have been working together for how long? God, I started with George, I'm going to say preliminary 2007. I started getting, you know, to come on the seminar series to start working on that. I think I may have come on full time in 2008 and, uh, doing that stuff, you know, doing mm-hmm. all the technical work. He had no clue that I was a cameraman and did any of that kind of other stuff. And he got word of that and then, uh, came to me and said, hey, would you by chance want to come and uh, work on the show? And I said, yeah, man, definitely. Let's, let's go. I can work on the water and do this, which I, I didn't work on the water. So I lied down that once you find out. Which we'll get in that story. But how, how this whole introduction <laughs> came place, we were looking for a technical director for a seminar series. Mm-hmm. So a person that had worked closely with us with the seminar and somehow – he, we had found a name through somebody. Rob Green would be perfect. So we had set up a meeting with this guy, Rob Green, at the Starbucks in uh, Coral Springs. So the one next it, to the Barnes and Noble there. 
Uh, no, this the one is farther west. The Park, Parkland one. The Parkland one. The Parkland one. Oh, oh, the Parkland one. Parkland. Okay. So, <laughs> I see where this is going, Rob. <laughs> so anyway, we, we set up a time to meet Rob. So I go there with, with the person who's working with the seminar. And then here comes Rob Green in. And so he sits down at the table, and I'm starting to bite the inside of my uh, lips and, and cheeks to keep from laughing, as is, you know, the person that was with us here, because he knows that we, we play this odd game because we get bored when we travel. We call it the Wax Museum Tour. We'll look at somebody, and we'll say, who do they look like? They're so-and-so. They're so-and-so. And it, it caught on like wildfire. Now, unfortunately, it's a bad habit. Every person we look at, we got to say somebody yeah, or terrible. there's somebody. We, we have a good time with it. So he's in there, and, and we're, we're, hard, we're almost laughing in front of him because he has this long blonde hair. He looks like Eddie Money. Remember the Eddie Money? He's a rock singer. Home. Bingo, yeah. man. That was really? it. That was it. I, I had long, so, long hair at the time when he first met me. So. And we're saying, oh, my God. So you finally. The NYPD? Yeah. Yeah. Eddie so Money? He, he, did, he passed the audition you know, so well. So we go, we tell Kevin Tierney, who was involved with the TV show, I said, you're not going to believe it. We met up with Rob Green. He, he's Eddie Money. I'm telling you, what? Dude, this is Eddie Money. My first we're, nickname, we're by laughing. The way. My, first, yeah. my first nickname. So anyway, Rob had to go see Kevin for whatever reason. Okay. And Kevin calls you, what do you mean looks like him? He's looked nothing like him. Was, what are you talking about? So you got your haircut. What did you explain it from well, I, I immediately got my haircut after, you know, they, these guys started, so I cut all the long hair <laughs> off. And sure enough, I went to go talk to Kevin on my first year with George. And he looks at me like, oh, okay, this is a normal guy. And explains the gear to me and stuff. And ends up, I think he ended up calling up George after going, what are you talking about? This is just, guy's normal. His hair's all cut off. Looks like a normal kind of guy. And it's, unfortunately, <laughs> later on, when I finally hooked up with him, he's like, oh, you cut your hair off. That's, that, that's great. Now you don't look like anybody. At all. And then I think slowly the other nicknames started to slowly come along, by the way. Yeah, the sweet. The sweet. So what <laughs> yeah. happened there? Well, he we, we the Swedish origin and all that. And by so, the way, uh, we full we full on intended to bring Swedish meatballs tonight. Oh <laughs> man, we missed out on but it. it. Well, I mean, you know, busy day and and listen, we, I did make a lasagna for my family before I came yeah. here. Before my daughter went to softball. Well, <laughs> I got go. well. I could tell you right now, it, couldn't, couldn't Swedish just meatballs are Swedish. not the easiest thing to find on the fly, right? It's like you got to make them. Right, and so it's not like you could just go pick up Swedish meatballs. Let's go to IKEA, right? unless you go to IKEA, no. right? And we're not doing that. Sorry, that's like no, way, and, and, way and, out, way, and, way and, out. Hey, plus when you have like Italian origin to your family, you know, we got the real meatballs. So why would you go right. to Swedish right. meatballs? Right. Well, that, I think yeah, that was the whole. That we were <laughs> see now we got another. See, it's going from the Italian to the Swedish. I'm right. <laughs> so Sweden's close to Italy. So we were trying to evolve. Anyway, so, so anyway, no, he we've really good friends, and um, you know, he he's. The show producer, my television series, mm-hmm. and he, he's what he he brings to the table just so much. And one of the big things that he does bring is this positivity to everything. Because when you're doing a TV shoot, there's a lot of money on the line because mm-hmm. you have expenses with camera boats and fuel, your boat uh, accommodations, and production team members. That when you have a bad day. And you're thinking, man, we got to really work at this thing. We're gonna, if we lose a shoot, you know, everybody gets paid. Then we have to find a hole in the schedule to come back and get a, the shoot in because we have yeah. to do 13 shoots. So, and I always, even when I'm fun fishing, I'm with the mentality that I've got to go out and have the best day I've ever had. That's the way I like to fish it, and it's it, it relaxes me to be in that zone. So sure. I take it the same way with the television series. Other than you just got the whole family involved with this one. And when you have a bad day, 
at the end of the day, so we, we're struggling, and Rob's there. Hey, hey, don't worry. Hey, it was good. We got a lot of technical footage. We got this and that. Tomorrow's we another. Don't you worry. So he gives you that positivity that, that, that you need. It's sort of like if you were a, a boxer, and all of a sudden you lost one round badly. You come back in the corner, and your trainer tells you, hey, don't worry. You broke the switch. You're good. You're going to go back out. Just get that left jab. Work a little bit more this next round, and, 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 and you'll get it. And, and he sends you out the next day. So when you have an off day. Cut me, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> you have an off day. I'm back. I'm studying those Ross fishing forecast analysis that night, trying to figure where the stream is, where it comes in over good bottom, water temperatures, where we were today, what I need to do tomorrow, how should we change it up. So I go to bed that night feeling so confident about the next day. We wake up the next day, and we go out there, we turn up, and he'll say, did I tell you? So he brings <laughs> – it, yes. that, and this is all in addition to yeah. the professionalism that he brings to the show. He, he he keeps everybody upbeat, which is a very important thing. You ever Can get you... to fish? Well, that's what's kind of funny. Here's here's the funny thing. I'm, I'm not an angler. That's that's one thing. I, I grew up in South Florida. Just dad never took me fishing. Never yeah. did anything. I think that's one of the reasons why George actually likes me because what happens you're in not, our you're, we, not, you're not competing with a uh... with all that. Well, here's here's what's funny. Back in the days, you're not catching we, all this fish. Back in the day when we used to do boat to boat, you know that was how we used to do in film was boat to boat and you know get our shots and stuff. I can't tell you how many times our captains or this or that would be secretly filming behind the the center console and dropping a line in, and George is over there, no fishing from the camera boat and cardinal roll. Again, yeah. I can't tell you how many times that our boat captain would catch something bigger than what George brought in, and it was just like, and that was something that happened a yeah. lot, and it was. And well, it, you're there to do a job too, it's, and 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 know, but you, it's, yeah, that's where that passion. I mean, for me, I mean, I, it's, I like fishing; it's yeah. great, but I don't have that diehard passion that a lot of these guys have, and I think that's why you know I. He likes me because I tend to go more towards the production room. I'm like, right. we got to get everything done. Let's go, boys. And, you know, previously we'd had guys that had been pulling out black groupers, you know, captains that were sitting on the camera, but just like pulling stuff up and he's dying trying to get something in. And I think and, that, and that happened a couple times. And because I always had that rule the camera boat, uh, you don't fish. Right. Because we're not some shows where they let the camera boat fish and they pass the rod over. I will never do that. Whatever you've seen on my show from the very beginning, is exactly what has happened on that show. Yes. And what he's talking about, the violations, and I know this might be a shock well, to you, always yeah. occur with Harry Vernon, our friend. Yeah. <laughs> when he's when he's helped us by running no, his camera boat. You're kidding me. He's, he's a big violator. So, so he'll hide a rod in a console, and then when we're anchored, say we're bottom fishing, and he'll drop a bait on the other side where you don't see it. And there was one time at Chubb K, and, and he caught about a, 50 some odd pound black grouper look what i caught i got so mad yeah just take it i'm not going to take it and then from that point on right. that i don't allow not even one rod on the camera boats and i'll check in the console the whole bit because that's not how we how we do it but um it, yeah the what <laughs> well i mean it, it's funny how it happened a lot and and one of the great things that we started doing most recently probably in the last three years was we just got rid of the camera boat Right. We said, adios, we're taking everything. We want to do everything in boat. We want to have massive action. We don't want to see, you know, the the, the can, you know the, the fish caught from 20 feet away. We want to we want to be in boat, and we want to see sure. all the chaos and stuff that's going what on. What a difference that has it's, made. It's, it's quite amazing. It really did it. The show changed on that, doing it in boat completely. Interesting. Right. Because yeah. the camera boat was always there to get the running shots. You're anchored. And in a way, it had become stagnant because that was pretty much how we did it. There's an anchor boat here with a camera crew and there's your boat so you really have the same exact angle 
Mm-hmm. Now, with the advent of drones, there's no need for a camera boat. But drones could chase you as yeah. you're running off and getting all the running shots that you need. Right. Any other cool shots that are not a need for a second boat. Like Rob said, when he changed it up, he said, we need to do a lot of in-boat stuff. Because when you're in-boat, it makes that viewer feel like he's on board that center console. Yep. And he's part of it. He sees people moving around and shuffling. He sees the fish come over. To, he said he they feel it so much more. You feel mm-hmm. the chaos. Yeah, you're, you're not feel. wrong. You're not so wrong. He, that's, switched, that's, that's he switched that around. Interesting. Yeah. He switched that around for us, and we changed to that format because of him. And, you yeah. know, we, we used to have the gargantuan cameras, and, you know, a lot of that's right. changed. I mean, he's gotten smaller, yeah. and it's cool. Are when you, you doing can, any of the filming on the SLRs? Uh, yeah, we we've got a few guys. That, some but, of that, some of that's been like has advanced over the years. You've gotten yeah, really good. The thing that's great is just how small, like you've been talking about. They just, yeah, the ability when you're when you're tiny and that big, you have the ability just to to move through and, and right. show shots. And when you're seeing a big fish come over the gunnel on on the camera boat, it's totally different when you're in boat. When you see that thing come in and just yeah. land, yeah, it's it's so much more dramatic. And that was sort of what we were trying to do. We're just trying to bring a little bit more. You know, like what happens when you're right there? You know, you want to bring the chaos to you instead of just watching it from afar. Yeah, I love it. And, and you guys, I mean, seem to have brought that formula over to the Discovery Channel production mm-hmm. value, too. And, and it really translated well there. That's, that's what know? we wanted to. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Definitely. And it's it, funny because you could tell because as everybody knows broadcast television is, you know, it's been sliding down because, you know, you've got the Internet, everything else. Mm-hmm. But it's still a powerful medium. But from the very beginning, we've been doing the show now, what is, 24 well, years now? Yeah, you started in 2000, so. Yeah, so 24 years. So I remember what, them... you guys have been on Discovery for like four years now. Cause four. I remember, like, yeah, cause that's I correct. Think you, your 20th anniversary, that's when we had that. It was, I remember, like, right in the, one of the one of our many episodes. Right? We <laughs> talked about um, how when you came into the Discovery Channel, it was probably, like, like your 20th season, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It would have yeah. been. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. About no. that. And, it, and because, you know, in, in the ratings, you know, they slowly start going down because the broadcast TV is giving way towards the Internet and, yeah. and all that. But it's still, again, powerful medium. But had we when we switched to a lot of the inboat and changed up a lot of things the ratings that we've been seeing on our show the past couple of years an upward trend yeah so i think a lot of that is what he had brought to the table approved that uh, it was definitely much more entertaining that we had been doing yeah things are getting tough though we've been talking about ratings and stuff and what's going on over the years and you know unfortunately you know the the, the youth just you know that it's you, you know, it's we. I'm sure you're like me. I mean, I still watch TV. I don't know if right. you're still the same thing. You know, we, yeah. I still watch. I'll go and I'll watch TV. I'll watch news. I'll flip around. I'll do this. I'll do that. You know, when I watch TV, to be honest with you, for me, it's not till like late at night. I got the 10 year old and 12 year old. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the TV is there. It's like during the day, whatever. It's just that that, that whole TV aspect is going to be. It's just it's going to go bye bye. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be gone because unfortunately. The people that do watch TV are going to move on to the upper, See, the upper echelon. That of heaven. to me is why platforms like Hulu and YouTube TV that's it. are the way to go yeah. now, and that's what we have at home. Um, because I really think that the on-demand aspect of it is important, and YouTube TV does a really good job. Hulu does a good job too, but we have YouTube TV at home of allowing you to catalog your shows yeah. and, and better than I think the DVR of, of, of cable does too. Sure. And what's been happening. So it, I don't think TV's it, going away. I think it's just. No, and there, there's t- another big element too, based on what we do in our type of show. Now yeah. discover, we also stream. 
So that's another benefit that yes. we have. So we, we, we went through the Hulu and Pluto. Yeah. And now uh, tw- in 2024, not only do you do the broadcast with Discovery, but we're streaming on Discovery Go and Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. So Discovery is also using us to go over to that aspect. But where the big thing lies, because you had mentioned YouTube, is where we're at with our audience, a saltwater mm-hmm. fishing show. The demographics are hugely different between who watches our show versus the ones that are watching a lot of these YouTubes. Now, the YouTubers are generally young kids. Not to say that you don't have elderly people watching it, yeah. but it's a youth group. Basically. I don't. Ha- I personally don't have the mental space for it. Well, I, but but my kids are addicted to it. Yeah. No, no. Here, here's the here's the, the the crux of it all. So you'll have YouTubers that that that'll rack up four hundred thousand, five hundred, or maybe a million views right. and all that. But isn't that fleeting though? But but it is because I'll tell you why. The broadcast, you still have that group of people that are aged in say the upper forties, fifties, sixties. Those are the people that if they are successful with whatever they do, they have discretionary income that could buy a five hundred thousand dollar center right. console, a five hundred dollar pen reel. They have the income to go ahead and participate in the saltwater world, which is why all those sponsors stick yeah, with us. Hundred percent. And I had a sponsor. So happy you're talking about this. And I'm going to have a sponsor remain nameless. That all that's been a longtime yep. sponsor of yep. mine that also went over and spent money with one of the top YouTubers. And when that was over, he told me. I've not renewed because they didn't move the needle. We didn't sell one product that was ever based on that. So if you were selling little small lures or all that you could work off canals or this or that, it's one thing. But when you're dealing with what it costs in the saltwater world, we're still sitting with the big demographics where we are with Discovery and so that broadcast world. Yes, it's going to switch, but right now it's it's still... The- 100%. This is a very unique industry in that respect. Yes. Right? Because you got... Oh my God! There's so much to unpack here from from our viewpoint as as a business on, on this one, right? Yeah. And how we kind of formulate our operation on a day to day basis, okay? Because there's so many people who think that that's the way that you need to go because of the views and the likes and all that other kind of cr- crap, for lack of a better term, right? And it's so fleeting, right? It really is. So that's why. From this show's perspective, at least, right? Let's, let's start small and start there. From this show's perspective, I don't really worry about that because I know that our grassroots organic relationships that we've developed in this show have one million fold been worth us doing this show mm-hmm. versus the likes and all the other kind of things that, you know, maybe other shows might get, but doesn't translate to the sales that we see, mm-hmm. right? The relationships that we've built. The quality of guests that we have on this show, I can tell you right now, and I'm not trying to brag, but pound for pound, the people that we've had on this show are such heavy hitters in this industry, right? And I am proud of all of the guests that we've had on this show. And are you? (laughs) (laughs) Most of the guests that we've had on this show. Noted. Right. But it's true, right? And, and that is the value that this show brings for us from an authenticity standpoint and an intrinsic standpoint 
And we see it on the back end of our business mm-hmm. of, of, of how that works for us as a platform, right? From a business standpoint, we know that let's just say that if I were to advertise that I wouldn't necessarily be catching the customers that I want to catch for the way that our businesses mm-hmm. develop, right? I'm getting the customers for our business of the demographic that we desire, mm-hmm. right? Because of the circles in which we work sure. in and the avenues that, that mm-hmm. we work in. And it has nothing to do with social media presence and likes. Right. I'm going to tell you that right now, right? And that is not how we operate or why we operate. I'm not in it for the likes. No, and, and, and you bring up a very valid point, and you look at a lot of YouTubers. I'm not beating up on YouTubers, so don't get me wrong. I have nothing at all against them. In fact, I put right. a couple of them on my show. Sure. But but there's only, They're in my getting opinion, paid through their monetization of, of that's, that platform. That's, 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 where their money comes that's how from. they're getting paid. We come their from sponsors sponsorship released, industries yeah. and ours, so they yeah. run with us. But there are a couple really good YouTube shows, but a lot of them that have a lot of these hits, they don't even have boats. They're right. going to tell you how to fish, or are you going to how to do this? It's a come on. That would be like me telling somebody how to drive an Indy 500 race car. I'm not yeah. even sat in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. No, yeah, 100%. So where is the credibility? Yeah. That I, but again, I'm not knocking all the YouTubers. There are some really good ones out there, but as a whole, it, it, you know, you're talking apples and, and bananas, not even oranges between the two. Yeah. We could pop us Pilar. Pardon me? If you look at Papa oh, Pilar, yeah, yeah. right? No, I'm saying, and, 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 and their involvement with this show in, in, in our studio and stuff like that, I know for a fact they could really care less about what we do on that end because they know everything else, all the other points that we touch. You know what I mean? And I think that's more that brings more value to them mm-hmm. you know, for, for, you sure. know, reciprocation of, of it all. And, you know what I mean? And yeah. that is why they're associated with this show. Of course. You know. And I got to tell you too, compliment you and not so your headset just blows off as your head explodes, but you've had a lot of, like you said earlier, heavyweight hitters as guests on this show. So you've done an incredible job in picking the right talent that has been on this show. So no, thank you. Thank and, you. I, and I, I feel honored that. to be part of that. That's why I keep coming back. No, you're <laughs> one of the main reasons for that comment. You know, I mean, for sure. I mean, and listen, you know, I know, you know, I don't want to make any of this like self-serving, but it, it really, there is a blurred line of the meaning behind all that with the, with the likes and the followers and the, what really matters at the end of the day is I think at least how you could real and really connect with people, you know, and who are you really connecting with? And, and, and you brought up the whole, the demographic thing and, you know, the discretionary income thing and, you know, what's the whole point of it all. And it's like, you want to just connect with people that are just going to hit a button or are you just going to connect with people that are really going to respond mm-hmm. and react and interact with what you're doing? Yep. No doubt. You know, and, and, and that's, that's the way we see it. No doubt. I agree. So, and, and, and I don't know. That, that, <laughs> that's a life worth living to me, you know, at the end of the day. Because the rest of it is just so fleeting. It really is. You know, and, and it's it's tougher to comprehend how we've gotten here in such a short period of time like this. Because for, for a while, it was just so, you know, you build your foundation, you build your operation, you work hard within, in that foundation and operation. And it almost seemed like overnight things changed and everyone kind of knee-jerked as to what they needed to do. And I just don't think you needed the knee-jerk as hard as most people did. 
And I think that's really what put it into a spin. No doubt. But, you know, I don't know. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, with Rob, I'll sort of segue out of that portion to another one. When we first brought him on with the first TV shoot, and the first shoot you were on, I think it was in the West Coast or Pine Island doing a snook show. The first shoot was Pine Island Sound with Ozzy Smith? No, it was Ozzy Fisher. Ozzy Fisher. Fisher. And then the second one was the Bimini. That was the one where. And it was, this is, you know, I think, my God, this guy was just so good that we have him. He did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. on his seminars, of course. And then he's working with us and he's, you know, shooting our show over in Pine Island, West Coast of Florida. Yep. And is that the terrific. place you go to every year? Not Pine Island, no. You're... Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of something else completely, entirely. You go to this. Never mind. So, <laughs> Sorry, I spoke out of turn there. Yeah, so we go to Bimini as our next shoot, and it is about as slick as this table. Okay. And we're bottom fishing. This is when we we still had the camera boat anchor near us. And we're fishing, and it's slick calm, and I look over, and there's Rob throwing up. And I'm saying, oh, no, my God, this Uh-oh. can't be. Yeah. I said, bad, man. you talk about a glass jaw. Here's a person on a Terrible. slick ocean throwing up. What's he going to do when it gets rough? Right. But that you was. You just started on the job? Just started. So this, this is my. This first is my, one? This is my. Okay. So my first shoot shoot for him was, uh, you know, Pine Island Sound. My second shoot was Bahamas. Right. And this was just, you know, yeah, and it, it was calm, but it was, you know, what got me was it's a standard side rollers, dude. Just. You know, and again, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, no, you know, yeah, no. This is my first time going out. You yep. know, first time being with him and trying to get everything all going, and I turned into a puking pez. You don't have your sea legs yet. Uh, it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible, man. So now the truth comes out about the whole. And, and, and I'm worried. Time. And I'm worried. I'm watching him. I said, "This it doesn't get any calmer." Right. And yeah. he's thrown up, and I'm thinking, "Well, Rob, Terri- oh. the Swede Green, it's all coming together." They have glass jaws. <laughs> Other than Ingemar Johansson, which is, I think, a Swedish heavyweight champion Ingemar at one Johansson. point in time. But, <laughs> but but he was no Larry Holmes. So here oh, we go. He I got like the glass it. jaw. Yeah, man. But that was a, a like a one-off. And somehow he had pulled himself together after that one where he's been in nasty stuff. And he's just been... Re- remarkable. The, the he held up. Medical, I glass jaw. The, the medical drug scopalamine is an amazing thing, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Scopalamine, the patch. Scopalamine, the patch. Right behind the ear. It's yeah. quite amazing. It really does wonders for you. I can tell you, I've been seasick before, and I tell you, there is no worse feeling no. in the world than that. I mean, you really do want to die. Like, Once death it, is an acceptable outcome. But remember, when yeah. you get rocked and all that, you talk about seasickness, he has to still look through a camera, maintain balance, and get yeah, whatever's yeah, happening. It's like going to work. So you're, it's, you're looking at a multi-talented type of uh, a mentality here yeah you know you tough through not... it oh he's been the best he's been yeah. I've, i mean yeah, these days I, I still pre-medicate i still do the patch and still do a whole bunch of stuff but uh you know you get through it i mean every once in a while man it'll grab me and i'll just you know, toss yeah. my, my but, guts overboard do yeah. that kind of stuff but you know you're fine after that but you know it's just it's 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 one of the prerequisites of the job you have to sounds you know, you're, like you're me coming p- to a podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully oh. not this one you slightly medicate yourself you put the yeah, yeah the whole thing <laughs> just just kidding love you i think with george you know we had the whole job description i mean pretty much it's like you know pre-medicate and you're gonna barf overboard and yeah. you know that's just hoping you can handle you it stick it out yeah. but Carleen it, does do that every time she walks through the door before she walks through the door barf yeah you pre-medicate <laughs> throw up yeah. there you go yeah. ready to go podcast right <laughs> but Rob, it came the you know, later years, and he said, "You know, I got to tell you something. When I do take that medication, he said it messes my vision up, so mm-hmm. it's hard for me. You know, and it so, no, so if your vision's messed, how do you shoot? Get the shots? 
I just put the camera in front of me, turn it on. <laughs> make, sure I, you know, make sure the autofocus is set. Unfortunately, the, one, Auto of the, one of the bad problems with the medication is uh, your nearsightedness goes bye-bye. Yeah. And it's just what happened. And, you know, and I, I've been taking it for years and kind of been working for George since I was in my 30s. And I take this medication and my nearsightedness would go bye-bye. And I'm sitting there going, like, what the hell's going on? I came, I'd have to go out at night with these guys and can, can I see your glasses? I couldn't read the menu at all. And it's just yeah. the way it we, was. We don't let them drive at a restaurant. Yeah, no, you know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest but, that. But uh, after a while, you realize you're just getting older and your eyes are going. Yeah, dehy- you got to rehydrate big continuously. Time, big yeah. time. But I'll tell you this, that patch is, is it's the wonder drug because once it, it, ki- once it kicks it in, yeah. you know, put me up in an F-16 fighter jet, do barrel rolls, I'll be a happy camper, man. It's just, it's amazing how good it works. Yeah. 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 It really That's is. That's good. Ask about the next most important thing on a boat, especially when it's hot during the summer and it's really brutal. You want to tell them about the next What's the next most important most, thing most next point is it's, it's a certain brand. It's called Van Holten Pickles, if I think Wait, I'm what? correct. Van Holten. You know, See, them, now Van you're Holten? talking my language. All right, so pickles. so when you need a pickle, oh, you know, that's it's my wheelhouse is pickles. I'm now, a pickle Van, guy. Van Holden, you know, it's really good too when you get these pickles and it says no refrigeration necessary. Right, it's that good, <laughs> and I mean, it's it's <laughs> now I'm scared. Yeah, but it's got so much salt, so much good stuff in it, so much. I mean, but you, you you know, I mean, there's been times where I've been hurting. I've been in the hot sun. I'm dehydrated. I'm in just dire straits, man. And I will sit right. there and I'll eat a couple of these pickles and drink all the brine and. You snap and right we back put them in it. a cooler, the drink cooler. So when it gets hot, and it's what he does, he'll he'll it comes with all the pickle juice, and it's just like when you're a kid, you go to the movies and they had the big giant jar of the dill pickles. And so it, wait a minute, so so the the pickles keep you from getting seasick? No, yeah, you, yeah, bingo, yeah. Yeah, bi- yeah, yeah, man, in the bag. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It oh, is. yeah, He's yeah. Pick, yeah. Dude, okay. that's it, man. That's it. Incredible. Number one. They keep you from getting seasick? Dude, not seasick, but if you're if you're hurting, like, let's say hot. it's he, a hot day. Okay. And you, you, you're like, in a hot day, man, if it's really hot, you'll start to feel really funky. Yeah. Pickle juice, man, I'm telling you. See, now listen. So, Yanni is, is he's like Mr. Like New Millennium, like, health man, right? Well, see, he, know, like, he's, val- he's like jumping he in runs, on the pickles. He does. He's got this. He's got this like ten thousand dollar like ice bath thing at his house, right? I don't know how much it costs, but it's a lot of money, <laughs> right? But but and he he runs all the time, and he tells me his like he has a resting heart rate of like sixty because of, like of dude because forty of his exercise. nice job man. What is it? Forty nine. Forty nine. I don't. Oh, I, I I offended him by saying I would 60. be calling nine one one at that with my <laughs> seriously pull socks on my finger. Be like. Forty nine. That's pretty damn good, though, man. Resting heart rate of forty nine. That for resting, is that when you're sleeping? Is it you know? Okay. Okay. I, I, I guarantee you would never have that heartbeat on my boat. <laughs> Listen, he doesn't drink. He's like, yeah, he like he's very conscious about everything he puts in his body. He runs like everyday paddle boards, whatever. Like they, he takes it like a thirty two degree bath, <laughs> thirty three degree. Oh. oh, it's one degree above freezing or whatever like that. Like every day. Right, and it's it's crazy. So when he tells me that he starts chiming in on, on the pickle thing, it, right? It's then remarkable. I gotta believe Dude, that for sure. Because look at it this That's... way: when it's really hot, that the the most important thing when you're out there is just to keep running fluids through you. Yeah, yeah. And you're watering, water, watering. Every now and then you'll do a Gatorade, but the more water you drive through, and I I I run in water through me religiously. Just, yeah. So what would happen? And a lot of times you're you're perspiring. A lot of the more important parts yeah. uh, and and my pickle puts all that back yeah. into you and it just you know number one it seems like it rejuvenates you and puts all that you perspired out the more important elements back into you 
I'm not a doctor. I can't explain it. You might be able to well, do I a think better what, than what me is on it, it. You're getting such an inundated. You're, you're getting hit with so much salt yeah. that you pretty much stop sweating. So all the water okay. stops going out of your body. Right. And you're able to hold on to that water. And all of a sudden, I mean, there are times, I mean, I've, I've been in the morning and, man, I'm hurting bad. The sun's hitting you. You're sweating. Right. And you're trying to, and I'll eat one of those. And all of a sudden, all that stops. Especially when you got like the, the, the sweats and the grundins on and stuff like that. And you're like self-contained. It, it's amazing yeah. how refreshing that is. And the best part, the pickle is good. But the best part is you drink that cold pickle that juice. It's juice, almost man. just like a, a Gatorade. But yeah, if really. you can imagine that. And, and all of a sudden, you're feeling 100% and you're just refreshed. And then when you get back to the dock, everyone has such high blood pressure. wonder who's going to stroke out first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you we did. You got to pop his pull hard yeah, to compensate, bring it down. Slow yourself yeah, back right, down a little go. bit. You know, but, I was yeah. going to say pop is for the right <laughs> yeah. But there's a tip this right is there, good the pickle tip. I am a, a pickle freak. Oh, like, okay. Like, when I go to like, like when I go get a pub sub. Wait a minute. Right? When you go get a pub sub? You, I guess you'd get the pub sub. When I, when when, I go get you a pub sub? When Carlene goes to get a pub sub for me. All right. When I deliver your lunch to you. So. Wow. The I whole, guess that's what happens when you're a famous artist. That's what I'm saying. Don't let them, you know. You oh, yeah, I hear. So the, the order is, you know, it's it's a an ultimate, horse head ultimate, right, on the multigrain, right? Okay. And it's just the order is a little bit of lettuce and as many pickles as you can fit on there. Yeah. And when they're done, you say, keep going. Right, because their idea of what they can fit on there, and my idea of what they can fit on there, are two different things. So, until the person starts laughing when they're trying to cut it and they can't close it, that's how they, you know that they made it right. There's so many pickles on there; it's basically a pickle sandwich. And then you ask with, for with a so side many, to go. What's that? Yeah, and then the side of pickles. <laughs> pickles to go. And then give me a no. Give me right. a side of pickles. On We're going to change you. Okay. And you got to grab those pickles. Got to what? Grab those pickles and take those out. Oh yeah, next yeah, time. yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And and I'm not, I'm not pushing. They're not a sponsor at all. So it's not like I'm trying to push a pickle We are not sponsored sponsor. by a pickle company. No, we are not. If a pickle company but wants I will, to sponsor us, we're all for it. But I will admit that I did try to send them a letter and try to get them as a sponsor of the show. But if fishing people, ah, uh, so I was sort of lost that. But I, get, I gave a run at it. Yeah, did you? Yeah, but all it right. is really good. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, listen. Any excuse for pickles for me is, is an easy. And my kids are the same way. My kids are actually very much like addicted to pickles. Like, they're the same way. Like they're like load them on, load them on. My, my wife has nothing to do with them. And outside but. of the boat, I don't eat them. Oh, you don't? No, really. I, I just keep them in that cooler when we go fishing on those really hot days. That's where yeah. they come in handy. But outside of that, that you drink the pickle juice, right? The pickle juice shots. Well, that's that, that that's like that's really extreme there. I don't. Now we we don't throw the pickle juice away in our house. What do you do with it? Right, we keep we drink it. Oh well, court. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we might like we just because just because I love drinking it. Like I didn't realize there was really like a health benefit. What did you do with the pickles I bought you? The jar at my house. The ones that you had, mm-hmm. we ate them. <laughs> okay, because he didn't like he was they weren't his style pickles. No, no, no. But I but I had them and I loved them. Okay, I did like them. They were kind of like the Wickles thing. What what were the ones? They're boar's head horseradish. Yeah, the boar's head horseradish pickles. Is what she got for me. Oh, that could be a little radical for me. I don't know if I it can was do a, that. Yeah, I thought it was. They were bread and too, butter. They were like a bread and butter kind are of. They, are they sweet well, or, or more sour? No, they were so so they, they weren't were. traditional bread and butter. It was an interesting thing. Like if you gave me bread and butter pickles, I will not eat them. 
But this was the horseradish bread, bread and butter. butter. So the horseradish. Horse okay, I know the ones you're talking about now. Yes, I do. Offset the whole bread. That's and right. I know the one. Yes. Better. I know the one you're talking and about. And I actually liked them. Yep. So it was, you know, it's kind of like a Wickles thing, you know. What I mean? But I don't know. They were good. I liked them. I thought I was going to hate them, but I ended up loving them. I'll try better next time, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> don't beat me, please. I'm sorry. Don't beat me. Don't. Okay. I'll have to remember that. Well, the pickles were definitely a good segment, I thought. Yeah, big, good segment on the pickles. What do we good move stuff. to next? Yeah. <laughs> you know, George, I'm very glad that you can come on this fishing show that's not about fishing and talk about pickles. Well, we've never talked about pickles on the show, and I actually am a huge pickle We're fan. trying to give your listeners a very valid tip to stay healthy out there. Unless they have high blood pressure, then they don't need to be doing pickles. Yeah. yeah. That will save you, though. And Van Holden. It man. will. Hot, hot yeah. Van Holden in a bag, man. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So what's next for the show right now? What are you guys into right now? What do you what are you trying to wrap on? up our season? We have what nine done already? Nine done. We got uh, four left. Four and, to go. Uh, we are. You have four left. Yeah, we're yeah. right on the end of this. Can uh, you talk about who you got coming on? Uh, sure, we could. Yeah, ahead, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, for I mean, if not, it's not a big. No, deal. no, no problem. Yeah. Uh, this season, we had uh, a couple of good guests. Uh, one of the cool ones we had uh, Jimmy Johnson on, obviously for the yep. season. Yep. So we had him come on out with us and hang out for the day, and that was a good little. How time. was that filming with Jimmy? Phenomenal. Because I can tell you what, he's such a great guy. He is, and I, I've known him, I knew him at arm's length because we do our saltwater sports and seminar series, and we're in yeah. Isla Mirada. So he has actually had come on and had helped us with a dolphin fishing session yeah. as a special guest That's faculty member. That's what he loves doing right. the most. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. So I knew him through that aspect, and uh, we decided, well, let's think about Jimmy here and uh, get a TV shoot put together. This was through the tourism of the Florida Keys, Andy Newman. And um, he got us together. Mm-hmm. So we brought the Mark 6 down. And uh, we decided, well, let's go out and fish with Jimmy. And what was really unique about it, and again, I'm not a football fan, so it's not like Jimmy Johnson. Right. Fo- I see, I, yeah. you know, I, I go maybe for personalities more, but the football really doesn't do anything to me. But, hey. He was a great guy when I saw him at the seminars. Really he fishes. Guy. So let's go out, and we're going to do a show together. And so we met uh, dark and early, and uh, he showed up early, even ahead of time. And uh, you could tell at first he was, you know, with the crew. He knew me at arm's length. And he's wondering about the crew and, and all that. He's trying to get a feel for everything, what kind of day that's going to be or whatever. So anyway, he got comfortable. I, I talked him through a lot of things, showed him the electronics. He was all excited. So he was on the Mark Six, and we had gone out. I want to I want to interrupt yeah, you for one sure. second, just just for context. Sure. And you say all that stuff about how he's trying. A lot of people don't realize it because he acts so young. He's eighty. Well, yeah. okay. Here's and and I will tell you, eighty he, years old. You were yeah. right because and he's got a motor like nobody else. A hundred percent. And I, I wanted to fish. We had two days lined up to fish, and he was telling me, and he goes, "Can we get this done in one day?" Yeah. And, and he goes, you know, he say, "No, I'm eighty years old, the whole bit." And uh, and I said, "Oh, heck yeah, heck yeah!" So you know, when you you see him and his enthusiasm, he he's like we picture him in our mind, or at least I do, like our age. Yeah. Right. And well, he goes out there. We heard, we heard that too. That's when they, we heard that. Yeah, you can do this. We can do it one day, please. We have one day to do this. And all the crews, yes. the media was like, oh, the crew man. Was, oh, they thought you know, they, they had two days to get this oh, in. Oh, yeah. God, it was, oh, it was tough. So to make it. That's the thing, too. When Jimmy speaks, Jimmy speaks. Yeah, yes. You so, know what I mean? And everyone, everyone's like, okay, that's what Jimmy wants to do. Oh, yeah. So we yeah. had that cushion. We figured if we had a slow opening day, we could get it done the second day. 
So now we knew we had a day to work, but then what was going against us is we had all these thunderstorms in the area. Oh, really? So we set forth. Did you roll out from his house? Uh, actually, he wanted to run out of his house, but we have another friend of ours who mm-hmm. offered the dock at their home, which is on the ocean side in Key Largo, okay. to run out of there, Clay Cowart. Yep. Uh, okay. from, he has a YouTube series, you know, Life by the Bow. So he was kind enough to let us dock the Mark Six there. And in fact, Clay had actually helped out on that shoot as yeah. one of the videographers yep. with yep. us. And we took off, and he is such a, you, you know, after you, you get on the boat with him, it's sort of like no different than if I were fishing with you right. or yeah. Rob. He's just one of the guys. He totally is. And there, there's no air. There's no coaching greatness. There's nothing like that. And, and we just melded. And it was a very tough dolphin bite because the fishing was really slow. But I knew where certain aspects where the stream was. And you see these storms. So we had, a, we had to get something done fast. And fortunately, we were picking off a few on the troll. Then we hit one school of fish. And... And everything worked out where we got the fish, and now all of a sudden the storms start moving in. And we stayed out there as long as possible, but then the storms had built between us and the shore. Right. So I said, Jimmy, well, let's get to the barn. Did you run a full 25 out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, did. yeah, yeah. we, we, we made yeah. that run in the morning. You did the where hump I thing thought, and everything? We didn't even play with the hump. We went for the for the dolphin. Okay. And I knew where, look at the Ross fishing forecast analyses, I knew where I thought would be potentially productive waters. Right. And, and that had helped us in that slow period at least get enough dolphin in for the show. And run it back was the best. We're hauling, and there's just the radar is just all red with storms. And so, Jimmy, yeah. hang on. He's sitting right by me. We go through that storm, and it's raining, and we're hauling with that with the Mark Six. And he's he's like a kid. Oh, this is so great. I love it. We got a video of him yeah. shot and, and 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 he was just enjoying running through these storms. And I'm hoping that we just don't get electrocuted. Sure. Oh, but but I did one thing that I think I set a record on because I've not seen it. Again, I, I will preface this by saying I'm not a football fan, but on that run back in, we got video, you'll see it on the show. I think I was the first and maybe the only person to ever make his hair move. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> it was flying and moving, and and it's wow! This was something special. Trying oh to find that. God. Trying to find. I think this is the shot too. But, with yeah, with uh, trying to find the right one. But uh, now, yeah. Okay, hold on. We we have a special special thing happening here, real quick. Connected by Water Podcast. Can I help you? Hey, is there a guy in there that doesn't whine fast when you tell him there's sharks after his fish? <laughs> there, there's a one person that does that, and there's another one that doesn't film fast enough to get the fish in there before the sharks get them. Hey, bouncer, bouncer, a bouncer. I'm going to come clean. A bouncer, I want to come clean because you might hear this from an AB or somebody else. But I'm going to come clean here with you. Are you listening? I'm listening. You always brag about how you did that Christmas party for us in Chicago with the Silent Night deal. But I've been yeah. fooling people. We get a discussion about you, and I fooled A.B. Raymond a couple weeks ago. I said, do you know that before Bouncer got involved in fishing, that he was actually a member of a rock band and had a number one rock song, either it was the late 60s or early 70s? <laughs> and he goes, no. He, Who was that and what was that? And I said, you know that song? Going up the country by Canty. Going up the country. Bouncer, they think that's you. 
they think it's you. And I'll let them run for it, and they believe it. Then I have to tell them it's really not you. But they said, that sounds like Bouncer. I said, I know. It does. Rob, aren't you defending me and all this stuff? I'm Swedish. I stay totally neutral. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. I don't know if you've heard my newest song, George. Uh, Which one was it? Live bait. We actually, live yes. Bait. Yes. Live bait. Get some wet, all others fail. Why do I picture him like showering with a long? Oh, bouncer. My my favorite in order would be the Silent Night one from Chicago, followed by Going Up the Country, then Live Bait. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We did. No, yeah, I never. Well, we didn't know it was a world record, but then I forgot what had happened. We waited in, and it was uh, go. You 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 know it better, bouncer. But go ahead and and again, yeah. Let me preface this again by saying, yeah, it's great to have a line class world record. I think that's all great, but to me, there's just one all tackle world record, and that's the biggest of each species. So yes, it's fun to do the line class world records. So, but go ahead with the story. Well, we caught, we were fishing. We were actually doing a show together. That's yes. a rare event in itself. But uh, we were fishing down. Way this down happened down. on a show? Yeah, we got a show. The bouncer, yeah, I did a show. This happened on a show. Okay. And, uh, we caught a blackfin tuna, 42 pounds. It tied the 20-pound test world record. But George filleted it before we got to <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I I knew, you know, we we looked at the book and we knew it was forty two and it was tied. You and all a that. record fish. Hey, so what's a tie? Hey, okay. a, a tie is like kissing your sister. Did okay? it taste, did it taste better? <laughs> did, did a world record fish taste better than? than... It, it didn't matter to me. I was so proud. It was forty two pounds, which the biggest blackfin I ever taken. That's all that mattered to me. Okay, that was it. And the fact of the matter is, being George Bovaromo. And his great respect for the weekend fisherman, he says, I don't want to take any credit away from a weekend fisherman, and I also don't want to discourage weekend fishermen from weighing their fish by thinking theirs won't be as heavy as mine. So he was very devoted, you know. I mean, he was very upstanding. That, that, that's the only time in George's life he's ever been upstanding. <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> that's right. But it was a hell of a blackfin tuna for sure. Uh, oh, it sounds forty-two pounds. Twenty-pound class tackle. Okay, and uh, it was just really remarkable catch. And we, we had done. Uh, Can I? Uh, what did he a flat line? Didn't it, bouncer? I think he ate a flat line. I know we caught a sailfish by the tail. Yes, and 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 we would have had a really nice mutton snapper, but I kept telling George he had to wind faster and a shark. Ate well, the he takes snapper. you out to this wreck in two hundred and forty feet of water. Okay, as you well know how shark-infested the waters are, yeah, you drop a live bait down to catch a mutton, and he thinks you're like John Force in the funny car. You got that mutton up in about four seconds, so the shark gets it, and there's no way in the world that's going to happen, so the sharks eat him. Right. So he sits there and he yells at you. <laughs> 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 but, but Dennis, George and I have had some really, really great experiences over the years. I mean... I've, I've gotten to Orlando. I left Miami <laughs> at 6 o'clock at night 
and I got to Orlando at six in the morning to do a show with him, and I was falling asleep on the stage, but passing out like some of our guests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want you want to take this one, George? Tell him about the guy that passed out on the stage. Well, okay. someone passed out on the stage. Yeah, he, he, and Bouncer likes this story. It was Ocean City. No, it was actually Annapolis, Maryland. And we had Jeffrey Lederman, a good friend of ours. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so he, he had done a number of seminars. He's, he's really good. He's young. He fishes all these big boats. He's really in tune. And I had brought him on the seminar tour with us, and he did a very, very good job. Uh-huh. And for some odd reason, we come to Annapolis, Maryland. And, Rob, you were the I technical director. I was there. Yeah. So I'm up there with Jeffrey. We have John Otten. Okay, who does Island, he fishes Isla Mirada as well as the uh, the Maryland waters. And I forgot who the extra person. I think that was there too. Oh, then it might have been you, Bouncer. I think so, I was on stage. So we get going in this session. And we start, I forgot the exact topic, but I threw a question over to Jeffrey. And I see him uh, stuttering a little bit this and that. And he was really a little bit hard to answer the question, which was very unlike him at a seminar. So I took the ball away from him and I either threw it to Bouncer or John Otten, let them cover till Jeffrey regained his composure. So I came back to Jeffrey and he was seemed more rattled than before. He was turning like a, 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 a jar of Elmer's glue. He was getting that white. Yes. And all of a sudden I'm looking at him and I Milky, never, huh? and, and then what happened next, I never saw a human being perspire where you actually just watch it run out of his pores. Oh, like, and all like, of a sudden, uh, like Ted Stryker. Yes, he was like a younger Ted Stryker from Airplane. So now all of a sudden I see him starting to teeter, and John Otten saw him and got behind him and held him. And so we finished a session, and we got him, Jeffrey, what's wrong with you? Well, John Otten took him to to a bar. We were in a, a big hotel with a big auditorium, and whatever had him calm down, he came back, and then he was like the normal champ that he was. But for whatever reason... He almost went down. I said, Jeffrey, what happened to you? I don't know what happened. I was, and then we had people in the audiences in the front row that had later saw us either another seminar or another function. They said, man, that guy you had on stage that almost passed out. I said, you saw that? Where was We were in the first row, Annapolis, Maryland. Oh, my God. And he says, we were waiting for him to fall right down. Really? So it was a weird thing that happened. train wreck kind of thing, right? It, 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 it was different. We've had a few of those. It yeah. was different. <laughs> we've, had, well, well, they, we've had other ones. I mean, I mean, they were giving away Papa's pour of rum, and they kept finding empty bottles. They found out that. Uh, uh, oh yes, uh, you were. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a brain freeze here. Uh, One of the I'm faculty gone. members had stage fright. And yeah, so drinking all the rum. And we see that happens to me every podcast, though. But this was bad. We we're going, where's so and so? Where's so and so? We're looking for the guy, and somebody said he's in the green room. You see, he's supposed to be here. So we got two minutes before that seminar starts. I run in the green room, and he is standing in the corner, like you're being punished in high school or junior high. It's facing there, mumbling. I said. What's going on? You supposed to say face in the corner, he, like you, like you were punished, standing in the corner. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was like hammered. Out. I know, hammered. He was like another world. He was so afraid of the audience that, that somehow he he just got hammered. So we had to chill him off for at least 
you know, two, three hours so he regained some composure to and get him back George, on. George, what seminar were we at where the guy's house burned down? That was, was that South Carolina? Yeah, this guy oh, were this on stage in his house one. and he got a phone what? call. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. And, and, and sure enough, he just ran right off stage, man. They guess his house burned down, unfortunately. They said, oh, hey, they God. gave me a note. You have to let him know he's up on stage. You he needs to go. His house just burned down. Yeah. So how do you tell a person yeah. you need to leave your house burned down? That's like one of those like definitive things. Like you know you don't, you never want to hear. Let's not talk You're, about that right now. And the, well, I legitly put like my oven on a delay start to cook for fifty minutes with a lasagna. So when my family gets home in about ten minutes, it's going to be cooked. Well, hopefully like, well if I get a note, I'll let so you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like, let's not talk about any house. Well, you burning. haven't gotten any texts yet. No, I'm checking my ring, and they're not home yet, and there's no flames. All right, so, all right, good. It's just a little well, freaking me out now by saying it. I will give you one. I only even, like, put the dryer on when I leave the house. No, that's I'm the number so one. Freak, yeah. freaked out by oh, that. Oh, and if I leave, if the if the coffee pot is still on, I make yeah. sure I unplug it, too. 100%. I, I'm like that, too. Yeah. So I'll give you one more seminar series, Oddity. That happened, and Bouncer, I'm not sure if you were on this one or not, but it was August, uh, no, excuse me, it was March 13th of 1993, University of Miami, the Gusman Hall. We had this all booked, and we were promoting our seminars in November of 92. Now, you remember, Andrew came through Miami in -hmm. August of 92, destroyed it. That was my first week of art school, and I was in Sarasota. Well, you imagine what it did to Miami. No, I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, for so sure. So I said, we can't do this Miami seminar, even though it was March 13th, and Captain Harry's was a seminar sponsor. So I go to Carl Lederman's Carl, we got to drop Miami and change it. He goes, why? He said, you need to keep it. Said, There's nothing left in Miami. Who's going to yeah. show? He said, they'll be getting insurance monies. They'll be looking for diversions to get away from rebuilding their homes. You need to keep it there. He goes, I'm a sponsor. You got to keep it there or something. This could be a disaster. Well, and, he was. And by the way, the room was blowing thirty-five to forty. So morning. Bouncer was there. Okay, exactly. <laughs> so we had the seminar, and not only did we sell a six hundred seat theater out a month in advance, people still wanted to go. So we put forty extra seats behind the faculty on stage and sold them as obstructed view seats. Sold them out instantly. So they. People still wanted tickets, so it's you're going to have to stand. So we sold the tickets. We had That's great. about 800 people. Okay, and then the morning <laughs> of that seminar, another bad front came in and tore everything up. I'm thinking, is this another hurricane? It was disastrous winds. Right. So we showed up. We had it all packed. We start the seminar, and people were so eager. They were thoroughly enjoying it. The first session I was doing, Mark Sosin was my co-host, mm-hmm. and he and I were working this panel. When we got off... A fire marshal comes to me. He said, you need to shut this thing down right now. And I go, why? He goes, I'm a fire marshal. You are way oversold. People are on stage. They're standing. They're packed. You need to cut this out and stop it immediately. They said, oh, okay, I'll do it when I go back on stage. I go back on stage. And I had, I know I had Mark Hufftailing as one of the faculty members who was a part-time guide, but he was a big uh, Miami, city Miami firefighter, high in the ranks, and a couple other faculty members. And all of a sudden, I'm starting that session, and here comes the fire marshal walks up to me mm-hmm. while we're getting the session. He goes, I told you now, stop this thing. Get off stage right now. This is oversold, or we're going to have you arrested. You need to stop it immediately now. And I look at Hufftail, and thank God he was there. I said, Mark, I said, we got to shut it down. He goes, what do you, who, shut what down? December, yeah. why? I said, there's a fire marshal there. Said, we're oversold. He's shutting us down. He is not shutting you down. 
you tell him I'm Mark Huftalian with the city of Miami, and I overrule him. Right. And you tell him we are running the seminar, you're going to create a riot and fights. People are calm, they're enjoying this. And you try to break this up now, it's going to be a mess. You keep this thing going, and you tell him, I'm Mark Huftalian, I overrule him to get out of here and tell him to F himself. Right. <laughs> so I looked down, I, that was the, just what I wanted here, I looked down and said, that's Mark Huftalian, the city of Miami, and, and he overrules you, he said, go F yourself. I told the guy that because I was all nervous. Yeah, man. And the people in the front row, their eyes were like golf balls. So I said that to him. We got rid of him. The seminar was well, a beautiful event. It, it was a beautiful event. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I would have loved to have witnessed yeah. that. If it wasn't for Mark Huftailing, he saved that Miami seminar. Yeah. That's great. That you, 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 well, that was, that was some popular seminar because, like what George said, Everybody was coming out of being totally depressed, yeah. and the weather was so bad. So if you did have a boat, you couldn't go fishing. So everybody had a great time. They were day. happy to see fishing people talking about fishing and trying to get back to some kind of normalcy on the whole thing. You know, I know most of the people watch this show and listen to this show are South Florida based, but we do get listeners and, and viewers and stuff from like other states and stuff. And I I think it's important to kind of just mention this we're so seasoned when it comes to hurricanes and just the know-how and and just i don't want to say complacency but you know we don't really take it serious unless it's like an above a three you know kind of thing it's like all right you know whatever but i think that you know looking at it from like oh we just had a hurricane and we don't know if people are going to come i i don't know if it, it at this point, especially after 2004, 2005, if it phases us anymore. Well, really. well this is also six months after the hurricane or more. Yeah. So people were on the rebound and they were desperate for things to do. It had been a long, hard winter. It, 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 and, and you were right, Bouncer. That's what Carl Lederman said. And he refused to let us change and drop that seminar. And sure enough, he was dead on with it. Yeah. That's great. Well, enough yeah. with the Seminar Series Carnage Tour. What else can we talk <laughs> about? <laughs> hey, Bounce, where are you at right now? I'm in Beaufort, North Carolina. Tomorrow oh. I get up in the morning and have some breakfast, and I drive to Little River, South Carolina. And then I go from there to Jacksonville, and from Jacksonville to, uh, oh, no, I forgot the name of the place. Melbourne? Um, New Smyrna? I've got a couple of stops in between. I got to stop and see uh, uh, the pink-haired lady, uh, Corey Redwine. Oh, Corey! Stop <laughs> <laughs> in uh, New Smyrna Beach. Oh, we love and you, Corey. Regina Gray, and and then I'll be in Melbourne. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna stop and see Adrian and Regina? Yeah. Well, no, Adrian's in. No, uh, he's in Australia, Australia right now. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna stop and see Regina. Don't tell Adrian though. All right, I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> Your secret's They're safe with me. Great. Like I was saying to you earlier today, we have the best circle of friends. We really I do. Mean, yeah, you know, present company we question, but in general, <laughs> I haven't been invited to Howie by the Green or whatever it is. No, yet. Howie by the Hills, bouncer. That's because I'm there. I, I'm there so infrequently, and when I'm there, it's like a last-second decision where I've got the time to get there, and and then. I'm there for a day or two, and then I got to bolt back. It, it, it's such an impulsive thing because we're so busy doing what we're doing that if a break in the action happens, it's all last minute. But it's Howie in the Hills. Why don't you just give me the code to the gate? 
And then I can go catch all those fish in your backyard without you. There's no, huh. First off, there's no gate, and okay, I don't want to no tell gate. you where I where the house is up there because I don't want you to catch all the fish off my dock. <laughs> hey, bounce, bounce! Don't feel bad. It's okay. He doesn't ask me. He doesn't ask me to go fishing with him either. It's cool. <laughs> Rob, help me. They're beating up on me. I'm trying to fill in here. Hey, I know you're Swedish, but you yeah. gotta you gotta uh, pick a side sooner or later. Dennis, I'll make you bet if we offer him a couple hundred thousand dollars, he'll take us out fun fishing for an hour. Maybe I'll paint a sword bill for him. <laughs> Come on, guys. I got a funny story for you I heard today. This guy had a lure company, and he sold it. And and for a while, he had to make the lures for him for them to sell, as well he was teaching other people how to make the lures. So now it's free and clear, and there's no non-compete clause. So he says, I'm going back in business making lures. So the buyers came came to him and says, "Hey, you can't be making lures again." He says, "Why not? There's a no there wasn't any no compete clause." And the one guy says, "One of our partners will spend half a million dollars preventing you from selling another lure." <laughs> and he says, "I'll get such a deal for the guy for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'll save him two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I'll never even think about making a lure again." <laughs> Did he get it? No, he's still in negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> Half a million. He said, "Give me a quarter million. I'm done." He should have gone higher. When you go lower, that's weakness. Well, he wasn't asking for half a million. <laughs> he should ask for seven hundred fifty grand. Okay, well, I'll tell him you said that. Just take the fish and the paint fish. <laughs> hey, on a serious note, a little tip for everybody. Uh, when I was in Merle's Inlet last week, we were fishing for red drum. That's a red fish, a spot tail, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> channel bass. But at any rate, they're fishing in 25 feet of water offshore of the beach up the coast from the inlet. And they pulled up to the spot, and the two captains that I was fishing with get into a debate. Should we anchor or should we use a spot lock? And and they decided to spot lock, and then they told me that you'll almost always catch more channel bass if you anchor. They've decided that as quiet as towing motors are, they still can bother fishes in 25 feet away. Well, you figure the vibration, and, and I'm, you know, they do have their merits, there's no doubt, but the fish pick up on vibrations they could be very quiet but that prop just spinning through the water does create some sort of harmonics you have to believe yes there's no doubt about it so that's why i share it just so people can put it in the back of their mind right that's why i always play country music on the boat not not right. well, i don't play country music my that's outlawed that's one of the things i outlaw on my boat because when you're fishing you're outlawed country music yes I, bouncer Thank i God. do and i'll tell you why because the, See, here he, that's it. That, <laughs> I, 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 stop, George. Yes. Dennis, the reason he doesn't allow country music is he doesn't know there was country music back in 1930 when he was dating <laughs> girls and he didn't remember the good old days. <laughs> but, but, but outside the compliments, Bouncer, I don't like country music because you're supposed to be happy fishing. And when you listen to country music, 
I'll start crying on my way back in. I said, man, it was supposed to be a happy day. Now I'm crying or something like that. But here's the twist. You, know, you, heard when you, you know that joke when you play country music backwards, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything gets back, better. You get your it house better. back. You get your wife back. You get better. Everything gets better. And you're back on it a Blue Marlin that you lost. Right. Yeah. But Rob Green and I had this unique thing. And it's definitely unique. I wouldn't call it worthy or anything like that. But he and I, his dad was a DJ. And my, oh, yeah? and my uncle growing up was in a rock band. So when it, when I say, you know, growing up, this was the late 60s. So my mom would take us to the record shop as a kid to see how my uncle's band was doing. So when you were there, you'd always end up buying a 45 record or an album. Right. And so throughout the years, I for somehow never lost any of these 45s or these albums. I've got over 200, maybe 345s. The albums from the late 60s to the early 70s. I, I Years ago, I bought a jukebox where I put 200 of these albums on Come a on. jukebox. You got to set your house? Yes, I do. So Rob's dad, being a DJ around that same time frame, he and I will sit when we travel and listen to these old songs come up and yeah. he and I could guess exactly who's singing exactly what song and we have this contest or he's the only one that could run with me on who's doing what I know this sounds like just so worthless information but it's a fun thing no, that it's we true both that have there, there are connection. a few people George I got news for you yes this entire podcast is worth it. <laughs> 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 every episode we do is worthless information <laughs> it is that's why it's fun yeah. <laughs> right we just like to have a good time so but, tell, please but tell, here's here's something give me all your worthless information I'm gonna let Rob tell this story and his dad was a big DJ oh, and man. tell him about the Rolling Stones promo and what happened with this oh, this, this, this is true this goes back to probably 19. 64, 65, maybe Stone's first or second album. And uh, my dad was a DJ in uh, North Carolina. And he decided to go ahead and call his promoter, the guy that he worked with, and said, hey, we need a new band. Come in and, and, and see what's going on. You know, they hired the Rolling Stones. No one had a clue who they were at really? all. Had no clue. So my dad well, went ahead. Well, you can't always get what you want. Yeah, so. Exactly. Bingo. Good <laughs> one on that one. So my dad, I think he had a 30,000-person uh, stadium that he bought, and, you know, or not bought, but uh, gotten, and uh, I think they Domestically only. Domestically here? Uh, that was North Carolina, North Carolina. Right? North okay. Carolina. I think they only got 2,500 seats sold. Yeah. And the promoter felt terrible. They gave back his money. They said, we're so sorry. You know, this is, this didn't work out. Very, you know, we're sorry this didn't happen. It's the Stones. You know, this is kind of crazy because nobody heard them yet. So the promoter felt real bad and talked to my dad and said, hey, listen, you know, uh, next week we got the Herman's Hermits coming in. So if uh, you want to go ahead and take that, we'll, rock we'll, the house we'll, we'll help that you out. One. And he made his money back on the yeah. Herman's Hermits. So. Herman's Hermits. Yeah. That but crazy? The, Wow. Stones just we're, went, we're not quite well, yeah, yet to where they were. You're trying to make me want to sing again. This is <laughs> I love the Let her rip, Bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> you remember any Hermit's Hermit's Herman's Hermit songs? Certainly. I'm Henry VIII. I am. Oh, oh yes, he does. Yes, yes, he does. Let's have it. Sing it, Bounce. I don't think he needs to sing it. That's just the He doesn't need to sing it. That's the whole thing. Hey, Bounce, we're going to let you go. It's good talking to you guys. You take right care, Bouncer. Take care, Bouncer. Good, good talking to you, buddy. And remember one thing, guys. Don't screw it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Too yes. late. Too late for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bouncer. Love you. We'll see you in a couple weeks. You betcha. Bye-bye. Right. See Bye. you, Bouncer. But, yeah, Rob's dad, that's a unique thing about him. His dad was a DJ. And the, it, and the stories, and, I, and he said that his dad had all these 45s. And just finally, when he burnt out, he got tired and just threw them all out. 
But if you look, you throw them all out. These forty fives yeah, are terrible. worth a lot of money terrible. based yeah, on are. how many printings you do. So his dad probably threw out a gold mine of albums or forty fives. Yeah. That that uh, I mean, it's just stack rate. You know, milk cartons worth of just album and album. One cool story is a. Uh, Back in his heyday during the the North Carolina days, he uh, had to be the MC for the Monkees. The Monkees were coming into town. Mm -hmm. And Monkees came in, and, you know, he had to go talk to them and say, hey, you know, what's going on? What what are you going to do? And how's the show going to go? And they said, well, we got this crazy opening act. These guys are just insane. You have to see these these three super skinny dudes down by the pool. (laughs) And come on, come on, take a look at them and stuff. They probably look like the, the, what's what's that, uh, Big Bang Theory guys, right? Exactly. Just like, you know, but but my dad goes over, and then Mickey Dolan's from the Monkees is talking to him. My dad looks down and sees these three guys. Who the hell are those guys? It's Jimi Hendrix and the Experience opening up for oh, the, the monkeys. It. For the monkeys, really? Yeah. Then so that was their opening act, and uh, so I these, guess you got to do what you got to do early on. right? Got to do what you got to do. And these teeny bopper girls are looking for you know Mickey Dolans and Davy Jones singing, doing the whole thing, and they see these guys lighting guitars on stage, wow. and they're <laughs> terrified. You know, so <laughs> yeah, good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Man, what a great band, the Experience. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Listen. I tell you, though, I mean, I love talking music because, I mean, so much of it. Bring, I worked in the music business for like 17 years. Mm-hmm. And, but I grew up, and I grew up the youngest of six kids, right? So all my brothers and sisters are all older. And when they would go off to school or work or whatever like that, I had their peaches crates at my. Of course, peaches, peaches crates. Oh, right? my sure. God. And yeah, for sure. Peaches. So, and it, so I got, you know, Young, six, five older siblings, you know what I mean? So they all had records, and I had just like everything from Chicago to Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin to Elvis to whatever. And then my parents had records, like the old stuff. So my knowledge of music is like vast. So when I started, when I started to go into work in the music business, it was actually a really good fit for me because I had, you know, all that whole background with it. But I recently saw a band the other night that really put on one of the best shows and I probably was the youngest guy in the entire crowd <laughs> Chicago oh, oh. <laughs> no really Dennis, you, you talk about that? Chicago no, really. Dennis uh, you know you know I love you you talk about Chicago you, this is, this you is fell great. down several notches but I gotta tell you choice. one thing right now you don't like Chicago no that's fine <laughs> but I can tell you one thing right now they were tight they they were they were you don't like he Chicago. smuggled they, in they pickles were, they weren't tight when they were tight <laughs> they were tight <laughs> all right so so real quick when <laughs> they played twenty five or six to four gotcha it was it was electric it really was well let's say let's say right right now like you know it's your it's your first concert of all time <laughs> your first concert man the one like, you know what, no I should say first concert what is the you're you're young you're back in your your teen and twenty what is the best concert man you've ever seen me. Years. That, that's been, I that's, can tell you unequivocally what it was. That, that's been the best you've ever and seen. And I've actually discussed this with Paul when he was on the show. My my, The best concert that I was ever at, and when I mentioned this concert to Paul Castronovo, because we were talking about shows and everything, you, and he went, oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, that was a great show. It was when Pearl Jam came in, and they played Lockhart Little Yankee Stadium. Little Yankee. Right? And that was the <laughs> tour when they bucked Ticketmaster. And they said, you know what? We don't like what Ticketmaster is doing. We're going to run this show on our own. And it was right in the heyday of Pearl Jam. I think it was when they came out with their third album. Sure. Epic. Right? epic. And they were this just epic. at their yeah. height. Right? Yeah. And, and I remember it explicitly because, you know, in South Florida, we really crave the cool weather. 
and a cold front had just come in. Oh. There was a hurricane off the coast. <laughs> so it was like October, November-ish, right? And there was a hurricane off the coast, and we were just sweltering. We were just coming off a hot summer. And that was the first cool weather that we had experienced um, of the year so far. And it was just the breeze was blowing, and Pearl Jam was here, and it was just like they had just opened up that, you know, and if anyone has ever been – and that was another thing, too, for me. Like, I grew up going to see the Yankees play their minor league team right there at Lockhart. Little Yankees team. I don't, it wasn't even Lockhart Stadium. Yeah. Lockhart Stadium yeah. was the soccer field. It was the, the, the baseball field yeah. there. And it was the first time ever, and probably the only time ever, that there was a concert in that stadium. Hmm. So it was really like a unique setting. And it was just the best show. And it was really kind of... So intimate, but so vast at the same time. And it was just the, the playlist was perfect. The band sounded perfect. The weather was absolutely perfect. Pearl Jam was at their heyday. And it was just epic. Just a great show. And I hate using that word unless but it's warning. It was a great show. It was show. epic, yes. George, what was what you say yours? Like yours? Mine? Okay. I've seen, I took my daughters to see the Rolling Stones because mm-hmm. that's like like tradition. You grew up with them. They were phenomenal. But the best concert I had ever seen was I want to say the year was 1976. It was at the Gusman Theater Hall in Miami, downtown Miami, which mm-hmm. was a real posh theater. And this was the last concert they held there, rock concert. It was uh, Jay Ferguson who opened up. <laughs> yeah. He was with the band Spirit. Spirit. And that was the, the band that my uncle was with, Jay Ferguson. Spirit was the headliner. So we were at Gusman Theater and watching, you know, Jay Ferguson was great. Then Spirit comes on. And uh, they were, you know, big late 60s, mechanical mm-hmm. world and all that. And Randy California, the lead guitarist, the whole bit. They put on a mesmerizing performance <laughs> where he hypnotized, like, the, the crowd. He didn't hypnotize me. And he's getting his guitar out, and he's pretending it's like a machine gun. Blah, 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 blah. And everyone wants to be shot. They're putting their hands up. Then the balcony's <laughs> waving. It was one of those concerts. And he's yeah. up there doing all this. Then all of a sudden, people start pulling down the big drapes, and they're going, and, and it's getting right towards the end. The whole thing was getting so out of control. So I had the, the girls date with the time. I said, this is a good time for an exit strategy here. And so we got at it. They ended up right, you know, at the end, they turned the whole entire place up that the Gusman Theater in downtown Miami never allowed another rock concert in. Really? Yeah. But the band was incredible. I would have to say that would probably be, the, the one that I like the, the most. The best, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, Rob, I know your answer well, you're, because you know, we drive together. Why don't you you're tell the audience? So, so real quick, of the audience, so what, what was your best yeah. concert? Like, what best concert you ever been to? Other than Bouncer going up the yeah. country. Pantera. I, that's also a good one. But I've been, I'm a music person too. She likes oh. metal. I like everything. Sure. Paul yeah. McCartney was my first over at the old Joe Rob, the orange Joe Robbie Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Back, that, back then, my... Stone Temple Pilots was a good visual yeah, for me when they yeah. were playing down in Miami, and he he was simple, and he's up there, and he just had like the the sequence kind of flowing sure. in the back, and it was just it worked. But a really neat concert that I went to was time was Offspring, killer, and, and seeing it down in Miami too. It was at Bayfront, but maybe it was like just an open land, but it was such a big concert, and it was the one type of concert that I was all the way in the back, so I like to eat gyros, and it's like festival food so i get up front oh i want another one until you go back and get a gyro but you look in <laughs> euro and then you, you look in 
and you, the whole place is like just steaming and everybody's jumping because yeah. you know it's like normally the front's jumping standing and then you have people sitting in the back but the whole distance everybody was just bouncing with it and it was just a moment that you took in the song whichever song at that moment i can't remember unfortunately but it was just everybody great, great was involved just, yeah. at that whole time and, play. and yeah, then there's you know all the all the good stuff i remember like, what, yeah. what was you know Jimmy Buffett. So that that was that was yeah. that was just the epic, right? That's just the best, right? Yeah. So we did an entire podcast on for the for our Jimmy Buffett tribute of of the concert that my buddy Andy and I went to go see. When I don't know if you remember this, but it was probably nineteen ninety one. I think it was when he the Manatee numbers were down. and He called that impromptu concert at Sunrise Musical Theater. It was just him and an acoustic guitar. And it was, I know you don't like Jimmy Buffett. I didn't say that. <laughs> I already know that. Yeah, it's a known, yeah, yeah, known, yeah. Quant, known entity. I know that. But anyway, that, that was really great. And I will preface my Pearl Jam answer by saying, I have seen some of the most epic shows on the planet, like especially working in the music business. I mean, as you well know, like like the tickets that were offered to us, like mm-hmm. from like, like we're talking like label tickets. Like so, you, when you get label tickets, they're like the best seats in the world. And you get like backstage access and, and and the whole thing. I have seen some top level experiences and show, but for me, Pearl Jam was always my Pearl band. Jam. You yeah. know what I mean? That yeah. was always my band, and just to see them in that setting and the friends that I was with that night really made and that that matters a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? With your experiences with the shows and stuff like that. But I, there are about a hundred other concerts that I probably have seen that could that could come very close mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, that's Pearl hard. You say, what's your yeah, favorite it's very, concert? Very, very, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, for me, you know, it was kind of weird. My dad ran a production studio in, in Fort Lauderdale and, and uh, you know, audio and video and did the whole thing. And he had this guy come in and said, hey, man, I got some tickets. And I can't pay you for this job, so I got to give you, you know, let me give you some tickets to help you out and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and four tickets, and sure enough, and uh, my dad just looked at me and went, I don't want to see these guys. <laughs> you know, and they gave it to my audio engineer, and he looked at me and said, oh, Chicago. No, <laughs> check, check this out. This is crazy. So, so sure enough, they they come to me, and I'm you know I'm like in my 20s, and I have you know I, I didn't like these guys at all. But he said, hey, we got tickets to Steely Dan. Oh, and nice. he goes, we got tickets to Steely Dan at the Miami based at the, at the uh, Miami Arena. Apologies, Miami Arena when it was okay. around. And he said, do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, man, no problem. I'll, I'll go check it out. The 14,000 seat arena. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. Super small. And yeah. sure, we went there, and I walked in, and they gave me our tickets, and I go in, and I'm sitting there, and I'm in the front row, like fifth or sixth seat off the yeah. center section and I'm like going oh my god this is incredible and everything they played everything I heard that they played sounded exactly like it did in the radio and yeah. that was one of those like man this is exactly what you're looking for I got, I got it beats was going in my head right now <laughs> on that note the rum's going through me I'll, we I'll be can't right. dance that's two times that's well that, so you gotta understand he broke, he's breaking a record no, he he broke, you know you broke a record on the, well, on the he's had a couple more than you guys have uh, while you're I, have to, I have to defend him the Swedes just don't have the bladders I guess they don't they're not like us Irish and Italians you know, but yeah it was a, you know Rob his connection with the music and then what I had through, you know, the, the family, um, you know, connection there was amazing. And, I, you know, I never even really knew what I had with all these 45. So somebody said, go on these sites. Do you know what you're getting for you know, the record collectors? Right. And you get these and 45s. And vinyl is probably the most collectible form of music. I mean, and, there, I mean, and I looked at them. And they said, the 45s, like the first pressing that they do, and there's little code numbers. Yeah. If... Before they do a second, third, and fourth, if you have the first pressing of 
whatever band and all that, it's worth X amount of dollars. Dude, if you have like first pressings of like Beatle albums, oh, you 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 you're in the money, dude. No you, doubt your about house, it. Your house money. The one that I have, which is so funny, and I, and the only reason I ended up with that one because I like stock car racing too as a kid, was Elvis Presley had a a, a movie out called Speedway, mm-hmm. and they had an album, and and it was somebody had bought it me for a Christmas gift or something. And that album, in original condition, the first pressing which I have, right, is going for five grand now. Come on, I'm not kidding you. You have but I'm it. I'm not going to sell it. I have no, it. No, yeah, don't keep sell it. that. Don't sell it. Yeah, but but that's it, it, you know people don't realize if you held on to all those, it, they're worth something depending they, on they the, the pressings yeah. at all. I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, that stuff's only worth what someone's willing to pay. But in this day and age with the internet, you're going to find that buyer. So. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It is. So, yeah. uh, very so interesting. Let me ask news. you, though. Sure. Like, all right, so we've established that you don't like Jimmy Buffett. Well, <laughs> right. So, uh, no, uh, let, me, let me put it this way because you put me in an odd spot now since he passed away. But, no, that's not why I'm doing it. That's not why I'm okay, doing it. We've talked George. about this but, before. But I've seen him three times in concert. No. We've established that. Dennis likes to listen to Chicago and eat pickles after everybody that's, goes to bed. That's weird. That's so, I don't know. Not, but not, I not see, all at no. the same time. Though. Okay, let me, let me <laughs> go ahead and, and put my, my thoughts on Jimmy Buffett. I liked him when he first started, yeah. and his first song he came out, Come, come Monday, come man. Monday was one of my yeah, all-time man. favorite yeah. songs what, to this day. Yeah. I don't, uh, is it earlier than that? Earlier, yeah, it I might thought. even be earlier, earlier than that, yeah. I believe, yeah. But that is one of my all-time favorite songs with the top ten that I like to this day. And I liked him when he was first starting out. I saw him three different times. Then I just thought, and this is me personally, because sometimes I see the world in a totally different manner than most people do. It's all of a sudden, he just progressed to where, okay, you're seeing all these old people with the Hawaiian shirts Mm -hmm. and the Corvettes and all that. And it's sort of like, this is like a Century Village kind of a rally more so than, and and, and, and I, I just, all of a sudden, he's just soured. I, I like the early stuff, like Billy Joel. I like when he first started. Yeah. Even though he got very big, you know, huge commercial successes, I never cared for the later stuff. I like when oh, they first the, came out. Was the we didn't start the fire engine at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? yeah. no, yeah, no. Yeah. And and going back to Chicago, I got suckered to buying one of the albums because they had that really good song. So I'm a kid, you know, you're what, what working, was, you what save was the really good song. I'm trying to think of the first one. I can't. 25 or 64. Maybe. I thought yeah, this that, was that a was good song. Yeah, the, the Robert Lambert. So I saved them enough yeah, money. Earlier. I bought yeah. the album. I know way too much about Chicago. And that was the only good I'm song. Realizing. The rest of the songs in that totally sucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> the, the, the lead singer, did he kill himself at one point, man? The, the... I don't want to talk about it. I don't okay, care. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> he, he's, he's not Peter Cetera. It's not Peter Cetera. Not Peter Cetera. Lamb. 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 He was there the other night. The one guy. Uh, the Lamb. David Lamb. Yeah, or somebody the, Lamb. The, the, the Steve Lamb. One of the guys in the horn Something section. Something like that. Yeah. 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 Robert anyway. Lamb. So Rob and he's I, we, we know more worthless information about Robert music the sweet than probably lamb. most people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, George and I definitely know so much bullshit information. It's crazy, man. I can't tell you. All right. Listen. I have no idea where this podcast headed, but I'm thankful it did. And I want to thank we're going to You need listen. me to close it? I can do it. No, 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 no. Yes, I, I yeah. No, no, no. See if you can make it. Right. Kid, L- yeah. Listen, yeah. I just want to ask, though, before we go, like one. Sure. So I so said we've established that with the non-Jimmy Buffett thing and the non-Chicago thing, apparently. Now, I will have you know that the Chicago thing is way down on my list. <laughs> My two older sisters love Chicago. They had a ticket, and I went with them, right? But I do, I do have appreciate my. 
and for appreciation for all this other Peaches Crate kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So I knew a lot of songs here. What kind of music do you like? What, Me? What, what, are you, what are your guys? You like the Rolling Stones? Yes. I would say that I would put them as my, my favorite band. Right. Uh, of course, you, you, you know, Led Zeppelin, you got to like that. You got to yeah. like the Beatles like and see, all that. They, see, I'm now a, you're I'm starting a, to rise up on I'm, the notches I'm a, I'm a there. classic rock person. Okay. That's what I... How, yeah, how I like are you them. with the Floyd thing? Pink Floyd, here's an interesting thing. Rob and because I had this discussion. That, that is... When I, that is my number two okay. band of all times, the Pearl Jam Pink Floyd. I used to not even couldn't stand them when he first came out. I said these people are just this <laughs> band is lousy. animals and all that. But 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 best listen to Pink ever. Floyd. Yeah. But how this yeah, turned album. out best is with Pink Floyd early. I, I could I had Dark Side of the Moon. You know when it was a Dark cassette. Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, is the greatest <laughs> album of all time. Well, uh, before I'm say, and I'll, 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 I'll argue with you. From beginning to end, I'll argue with you. From beginning to end, I will not give it, picking song for song, one to one is a work of art. Right, I'll, I'll, the I'm entire gonna, thing, the, it is con, it is one continuous song. I'm going to give you a credit here based on what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I never really liked them. I would turn them off, turn off. It was only until three years ago that all three of a sudden I'm, I'm liking ago? them. Yes, yeah, believe it or my not. taste changed. Yeah. All of a sudden, I think they're great. Right. It's sort of like all of a sudden your love for broccoli. You hated broccoli, but all of a sudden you like it. They were so progressive. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Yeah. There are a few documentaries. There's <laughs> one really good one that I can actually send you about Dark Side of the Moon and the process behind the oh, whole I've thing. Oh, I've heard it a bunch of times at Raw. The, the, v- the, the whole video the, of it the all. VCS3, the VCS3? The, 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 the what they, they went through, and they were so ahead of their time on that album. They were so ahead of their time and just, just coming up with unique ways to make sound yep. in general. <laughs> and they just made it work right down to the woman. That was one take. And she walked out of the room after she sang that and apologized to them. And they said, what are you talking about? That was perfect. Yeah. And she goes, that was horrible. I can do better. They're like, no, that's one take. We're done. Yeah, I saw the documentary Phenomenal. on that too. Now, and now, Rob I mean, and I discussed. You know, him, we talk about this and, you know, I got my own you know, personal views, but me personally, animals is their best. I love animals. That is, I that really is, to do. Me, that's their best. But I'm album. talking about, I'm talking to my point of view, of at course, least of course, dark side of the moon, not even just pink Florida. I'm just taking like albums, like work of art, the whole, the entire thing. Like it's like Beethoven esque, yeah. you know what I mean? It's Mozart esque. It's, it is really just separate it from rock and roll, separate it from time frame, separate it from anything in this century. Put it into context of all-time musical scores. Of course. It is a freaking phenomenal thing. No it, doubt. Well, I mean, I agree it is with a you. work of art. Well, if you watch Animal, like Animals, though, is all it's based on... It's not even an album. It's a work of art. Animals is based on George Orwell's Animals, dude. It's the whole... That's what it's based 100%, on. 100%, yeah. And it's amazing when you listen to the whole album from start to finish, and it's, and it's only five songs. But... Uh, Defining that band is so incredibly difficult to diff- do. Ter- yeah, hard, I don't even think hard. that they know. Do you know? Here's the crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, you're right. I, mean, I don't even think that they know well, they how hate, genius they, they, they are. They hated each other. Unfortunately, they hated each other. Believe it or not. But that's, that's it doesn't that's matter what, that's if they makes... liked each other or not. What they did came together in constellation wise. I know it was just incredible, man. But uh, Pink Floyd is absolutely 
Incredible. If you had to think of one Pink Floyd song, man, that's like, like, I what? don't even think that they know. I think they just floated together as stars and dust together, and this just happened, and then they just dissipated. I've got to tell you, uh, that's as long how as, magic as long it as was. I know Dennis, for, I never seen him get this fired up before. He's hey, starting man, to scare it's me. The truth. <laughs> well, 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 listen, I mean, you, you got, you know, you look at Roger. Think Waters. about it, though. Think about it. Of course. Think about it. Dust in the universe exploded, happened to settle in the 70s at some point. Yeah. Right? Pink Floyd happened, and then they argued, and then it went away. I think what happened was he had Roger right? Waters, and he had and David Gilmore. And it was Gilmore, just freaking perfect. And you had these two guys that just made the band, and one guy was massive. The other guy was massive, too, and you couldn't be anything without either of them. Even though Nick Mason was great and Rick Wright was great, these two guys were just the mix, man, and they had it going off, and they were bouncing off each other. They hated each other, and that's what you need to have great music. You have to. And it's a shame, but uh, it's a Listen, shame. Listen, no art is made. Ever. Without conflict. With ever. It's just it's just the way it is, always. It's any story that you read, ever. any movie always. that you see, no yeah. art is made without conflict. Yeah, right? Look behind you. Like, even though I paint fish, there is conflict in every single piece you see here. Yeah. Something's getting eaten. Yeah. <laughs> Something's getting eaten, right? That is that, you know, it's funny you bring that up because that is one of the things I love about being a marine artist. I mean, you think about the oceans, the fish, and the species, and it's just continual, like, nonstop, yeah. like, survival. Right? If you think about think about being a fish. What a horrible life that must be. Right? Unless you're the blue marlin or of course. you know what I mean, or you're the apex predator or whatever. And hope there's no make a shark behind 100%. you. Hundred yes. percent. But let's just, just just think about the conflict involved in that, like on a continual basis. Like even on the reef, like this whole like I'm I'm in, I'm out, I need to eat, I'm in, I'm out, I might get eaten. You know what I mean? It's actually a really horrible life, but it, but, but it's beautiful from our our course standpoint you know what i mean but uh, you know for there, me, there is no good art without conflict uh, you're right you know for for me in closing you know i i you know i i wish i had a time machine so I you want I to could, end i wish i could go back into <laughs> 1977 tampa bay and go see that led, led zeppelin, zeppelin show which is banned still to this day you know i i want i want to go back in my time machine and go see what happened to that concert and go why is it banned still in tampa bay and right. why can't you go back there that's still that's still what i well, want well here's something i'll throw out you guys come on next time we can talk all about led zeppelin Man, there, get just as passionate dude I'm, oh. okay here's here's a question and rob and i we I'm sort sorry. of can't did, did figure I get out too emotional no, this, about was, this, was, this was great hey this was great hey you're, you're right here with me man that's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. when you look you try to analyze the top classic rock bands of all time you could argue who's on top between the rolling stones or the beatles then there's led zeppelin in the mix yeah and you could put the who in i was not, never a yeah. fan of who all british invasion stuff so okay let's just say you had the rolling stones you have uh the beatles and led zeppelin Here's a band. Well, I you can throw Leonard Skinner in there, but their catalog is just not deep enough. No. So where you talk about British bands, you had the Kinks. Why oh didn't the God. Kinks? They never Dude. seemed to get that next ladder rung higher to be talked about in the same breath as the Rolling Stones. Well, they just did not Zeppelin. make the proper deal with the devil, my friend. Well, but but, but they were <sighs> good. And 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 to put it I'm in with him on this one. I'm with him on this one. I asked my youngest, actually, they my, were oldest, great. my oldest daughter, Lindsay, a number of years ago. Thank you. I said. You know, we used to play the King song. I said, I wonder why they never, ever got to the status of the Rolling Stones, Beatles, or Led Zeppelin. And she goes, she looked at me, Dad, because they suck. <laughs> That's what she told me. <laughs> but well, you wonder why could they get that one extra ladder rung higher and were talked about in that grouping. Whatever happened, I thought they were pretty talented. They were, man. They were. I think they were very talented. They were. They just, they just unfortunately did not get 
right. that red carpet rollout <laughs> without without doing without doing any homework on the topic. Okay, without doing any research before the show on the topic, because obviously we did not know we were going to go there today, right? <laughs> Rate your top five classic rock bands of all time. Mm. Take your time. Any topic will do. I will start so you guys can think. I'm obviously okay. going to go Pink Floyd, number one. I'm going to go Led Zeppelin, number two. I'm going to go Rolling Stones, number three, for classic rock bands of all time. Right? Mm-hmm. So to go four and five is a little bit more difficult. Okay. All right. I'll uh, throw mine in. Okay. Rolling Stones, Beatles, Led Zeppelin. Is Beatles um, classic rock, though? Yeah, of course. You go back that era. I mean, I, I, I know, here, I, and, he, I, and I here's see. the reason I say that, okay? Beatles is rock. They started it all. But they did the classic rock period, too, so you can't pull them out of I that. I think they're an diff- entirely different category. They're, onto the, they're, they're on their own. The, the, I, don't, okay, I wouldn't so consider that classic for, for rock Den- in okay, the sense that for, we know for Dennis real, classic rock. For Dennis Real judging standards, I'll, I'll move them out. I'll just say Beatles so, are the Beatles. Let's just right, leave let's, it at that. No, Beatles that's, start that's, rock history. Yeah, of course. All right, Rolling Stones. Una, yep, Rolling Stones. Am I getting emotional? No, Dude, you're keep, good. Come on, man. This is good. Yeah, keep I, going. I'll give you the Rolling Stones. I'll give you Led Zeppelin. I'm going to put Spirit in there. I'm going to put the well, doors. Well, because Spirit was, you gave me the educational Spirit the, the was Stairway good. to Heaven thing. Yeah. They, they started, Spirit was right? good. Yeah. Then I'm going to they'll put the doors in. And then you left me that one come open on, because on, I had the Beatles on, in there. On, so uh, it would be a great – Jimi Hendrix. I'll put them in there. All right. So, yeah, yeah. so what, what do we do yeah. for the three? You said the, for your first three were Zeppelin. Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, Pink, Pink Floyd, Rolling Zeppelin, Stones. Rolling Stones. Okay, so that's for the three. I'm going to add to that. And here's my, my extra two. I'm going to say Sabbath. I'm going to say Queen. Oh. Good ones, two good ones, two good ones. I like it. I like it. That's what I'm saying for that one. I can proudly hey, can I say that my question? children know all can those bands. Can I ask fans. a question? Yes. How many people to listen to podcasts that are still alive that would know these people <laughs> we're talking about? Hey, dude, here's your. So, all right, so let's do the demographic study <laughs> here. Like, so we're about an hour and a half into this. Yeah. How hey, many I've people are still listening to the show that want to talk about classic rock? Here's, here's the greatest. Maybe thing. we can edit <laughs> this. is going to be a great little uh, real edit. Yeah. The greatest thing is when with George and I go out in the water and we have anglers that are younger than us. And we go out there, and you know, I mean, my I've got I've got thirty gigs of music on my phone. No joke, I've got mm-hmm. so much music that George looks at me, go, hey, put something on. I'll start playing something, and these guys have no clue who they are. They, they like just that. look at me like I'm a deer in headlights. Yeah. And I'm playing classic music, and they're like, "What is this? I have no clue what this is." It just it just it just happens, man. People just don't know music anymore, man. They don't. Right. Or, or they so, don't. They don't. Or it's just today's music it, is a very convoluted conversation. Yeah, and it's it's. A lot of what we discussed earlier about the whole YouTube generation mm-hmm. kind of muddies the water of what music is today because so much of it is accessible at our fingertips that you don't necessarily have to listen to the new now to get what's good. And the radio controlled so much of what we listened to in the past, and now you don't have to worry. You don't have to lean on the radio. You can go right Spotify or Apple and just like listen sure. to what your, your phone or sure. just listen to whatever you want, whenever you want, and you're not really at, at the mercy of, of the radio. Um but I think that there's a lot of timelessness of what people are able to listen to, you know, these days. Um, and I have to add, and this is going to be such a horrible statement, like if I don't say it correctly, that what Taylor Swift is doing to music today is absolutely phenomenal. I agree. Because I agree. She, is, she is shattering 100%. what we've known um, as far as records go, records were always made to be numbers, broken. Yeah, as far as numbers go, mm-hmm. what she's doing to music today, and I can tell you firsthand that 
If I didn't have a daughter, I probably wouldn't know one Taylor Swift song in the world. But because I have a daughter, I know every single Taylor <laughs> Swift song there is in the world. And I can unequivocally say she's pretty good. She's great. And, and, and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that, that she comes in, comes with is just really and, – and I say this with the greatest humility. Like I said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but she writes all of her own songs. Hmm. Which is great for and these days, by every, the way. Every yeah. single song, that, and you, that's kind of unheard of in this day and age uh, of the music business right. and what yeah. it can do to you and everything like that. But she writes everything that she does, except for like the combos or the you know when she has like a guest writer, or a guest performer in there. And to me, what separates? I worked in the music industry for years, and they really threw around that term "artist" loosely mm-hmm. when they say, "Oh, this artist, this artist, this artist." And it's like, well, I'd never really considered you as a musician to be an artist unless you wrote your own music for all these artists that all these other guys are writing their own music you're just a performer yeah and that's the way i see it. you're a performer you're yeah. taking other people's work and you're performing it <laughs> yeah right and so but when you look at her like literally if you look at how deep her catalog is and the amount of hits that she has it's... and and it's good music it really is and i know a lot of people aren't like into the Taylor Swift thing right now because of the whole Travis Kelsey thing and they're sick of hearing it with the NFL and it's like a hot topic and everything like that but really listen you want to back up women and you want to say oh yeah we're all for this and everything like that and like and then all of a sudden Taylor Swift comes on and she starts ruling the world and you don't want to like, accept that I'm sorry but that's just the truth you're right I mean it makes you want to go and get a you know cellar door concert ticket and go see Uriah Heat well, you know did you I mean it's great stuff dude. spinning yeah. around going so. back to Papa's Pilar we had this conversation uh, with Stephen Groth, the founder and dad yeah. of Papa's Pilar. His former business was in a Celador mm. concert yeah, tickets. Right, That's right. we had this yep. conversation. Cellar door. Right. So it's funny God. how this whole thing segued back to Papa's Cellar Pilar. door, man. That was, I mean, you, that was you, huge. You, you remember concert Cellar door? I mean, that was, that was, yeah, that was, to get all the tickets from Spec. Cellar door. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, was, right. Yeah. Sunrise Musical Theater. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sure. And hearing you talk about Peaches, man, Peaches, that was like, yep, that was, you know, going to Peaches record store and you'd go out front, there'd be the handprints and all the different, you know, things that were there. And just uh, Peaches was the record store of record stores, man. Well, the that company was... that I worked for, Alliance Entertainment, we were like, whatever, we were in music distribution. We worked directly with all record labels. Everyone that worked there came from Peaches. Yeah, was... yeah so it was like really like a. You ever see the Empire Records movie where it was like sure, really yeah, like you know, sure. that was basically where I worked for like I, mean, I can't believe years. you remember Peach's Records, I man. That's 100%. like that's Any, anyone in yeah. South Florida native would yeah, definitely I mean, know that. That's crazy. And a big yeah. line when you talk about the grand open and people are all lined yeah. up to get inside yeah. when they were doing it. Sure. Amazing. Wild stuff, man. Make make makes you, make like you so happy. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> all right, listen, we gotta end Florida. this eventually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um Thank you very much for coming in the podcast. We're gonna there's no other way to end this because literally sit here and talk to you guys forever. Especially when it comes to music. Um, we, we really... Pink Floyd's greatest band. <laughs> um, Nicely done. So, thank you very much. Um, you rem- do you remember the outro or no? You mean when you when, when it's time we go to church, right? right the church, the church <laughs> announcements? <laughs> the, 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 yes, yes. Do you remember them or no? Go ahead. No, I forget. Your ego, I've heard about this, yes. Your I'm, ego is not your amigo. Yes. Always do your best at the end of the day. Just let God do the rest. And do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we are all connected by water. And, oh. and, and apparently classic rock, yeah, too. Classic rock. Yeah, man, yeah. definitely, brother. Nice. Dennis, appreciate you having us. It was another great time. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate it.